Hi, I'm Phil Newman and welcome to the Impact Online podcast. We are so glad you're here. Well, hey there. We are so glad you're here today joining us for a conversation around parenting. Uh, My name's Jesse and this is my wife, Vanessa. Hello, welcome. (laughs) Uh, We're so glad you're joining us today. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Like we said, we're talking about all things parenting. We are going to focus on the... The early years and the foundational years and up to early schooling around primary schooling. Yeah. Um, Reason being, that's kind of where we've been and where we're at right now. We are parents of four wonderful boys. Um, I think that still makes us able to talk about parenting even though we haven't had girls. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I hope so. So, uh, no, no, we've uh, we've got four beautiful boys. Their ages are 11, 9, 6 and 3. Uh, three of them are at school, one of them's at preschool and uh, that's a whole bunch of fun. But who are we? Well, we're pastors here at Impact Church. Uh, we've done lots of different roles while being pastors here, but currently serving as pastors here at our Erina campus and uh, absolutely loving it. Uh, but we also work full-time outside of church. So I'm a registered nurse and work in the aged care sector. And I am a primary school teacher and I specialise in inclusive education. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I, I think those two occupations give us a pretty well-rounded perspective on not just parenting, but dealing with young children and what that looks like. Um, you're dealing all day, every day with children that aren't ours, which is good. Um, I'm kind of dealing with people on the other end of the spectrum, more the elderly clientele, um, but uh, love being a parent and uh, find that a lot of things that we do in the registered nursing field are absolutely applicable to being a good mum, being a good dad at any point. Um, the structure of our talk today is that we are going to go through some uh, some points, um, some things that we have found really, really helpful like to... some tips. Yeah. Some top tips. Not tricks. I like to say tips. tips. You like to say not tricks because I'm yeah. not trying to trick your kids. You can't yeah. trick kids. Um, your kids are always going to see through everything that you do and they're always going to be little you's as parents. So we are looking to give you tips today on how to uh, be good parents, but... We are not perfect parents. At all. We're not experts in being parents. Not close. Uh, But we do love being parents and love doing that with children that are an absolute gift from God and are a gift to us. And we take that very seriously each and every day. And we would love to, and we've prayed into this. Mm -hmm. We believe wholeheartedly these things that we're going to talk to you about today are going to be absolutely helpful in any way, shape or form. If you're a parent right now of a young person, if you are thinking of being a parent, potentially you might even be a caregiver for someone, or you might be thinking about stepping into that field or that something's happening in your world and you just want to... even working with young kids and young people. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to go through that today. But like I said, we are not experts um, and we're not going to profess to be today. We're not sitting here with a whole bunch of statistics or a whole bunch of research papers that we want to throw down your throat. No way at all. Uh, No, we just want to have a conversation today about parenting. Also, at the end of our, you know, tips, um, we threw out onto our socials a couple of weeks ago uh, any questions that you wanted to ask us around a conversation around parenting. And we've got some fantastic questions today. We've actually narrowed down just a few questions, so we're going to take some time at the end of our uh, at the end of our topic here um, to really break that open and speak about what was interesting you and what you wanted us to talk about today. So. Awesome. I think we should get right into it. Let's get into it. I'm also going to let you know, my wife is the one here who sat and thought, you know, she came up with the topic points and <laughs> said, Jesse, can you come up with the fun stories? So uh, I'm sure she'll have some fun stories too, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how this rolls and have a bit of fun with you on the way. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. 
All right, so I guess the first tip that we would like to share is that it's really important as a family to have values. I think that um, when you have values and when you are clear on what your values are, that gives you a really good direction and a good a good path of what you want to parent, how you want to parent, and what you expect of your children. You know, there is no family that's exactly the same. There is not a one size fits all when it comes mm. to parenting. And there's not even a one size fits all when it comes to families. So having values that can guide you and that can help you um, navigate parenthood is really important. Mm. I, it's something you were saying to me before, and I, I really liked this because it's something we've done, I think, naturally, but You've obviously been intentional about it. And you were saying it. You were talking about articulating our values. You know that yeah. um, we talk about them. Yeah. Our kids know them, even from before they would probably understand what we're talking about. Yeah. So as a family, we have five values, and we use those values to navigate different situations that our kids face. So, for example, our family values. I'm sure you don't mind me sharing them. No. I'm sure you can't even remember them. I can remember And it's really funny because we're, we're meant to come up with like these annual family values, which uh, I do this in quotation marks, <laughs> not because I want to diminish them, but because for the past three years, we've we actually had the same, the, same, the, same. the same annual family values. Yeah, because um, it was important. And it was, and I love it, it. And it fitted our family. But our family values are God, family, kindness, respect and honesty mm -hmm. and so whenever there is something that's happening within our family we go back to the family value so for example um as i said we have four boys and you know girls use words to fight boys often use fists <laughs> and in our house um, there could be an odd fist that gets thrown and rather than get cranky straight away i'll be like you know, punishment or consequence, go to to your room or anything like that. We bring we bring the focus back to our value. In our family, we show kindness. Was that kind? And that has really helped to navigate some of the conversations and help the boys to understand, well, no, that's not kind. And in our family, we are kind. Mm. I think sometimes as parents, we expect our kids to know how to behave, to know what's expected, to know what kindness is. Like if your value is kindness, we expect them to know that. But they're kids. They actually need to be taught and they need to recognise it. And our job is to help them see that, help them recognise it, help them to know, well, no, there's probably a better way to do that that shows kindness or, you know, that wasn't a respectful way to speak but you could say it this way. Yep. And that's how we use our values. We are constantly speaking about the values. Was that respectful? Yeah. Was, that, was that honest? And they, like even our three-year-old picked up um, our six-year-old the other day when the six-year-old did something and our three-year-old said, that wasn't kind and we are kind. Yeah. And that's the language rather than negative, that wasn't right or you're naughty or whatnot. We like to focus on the values. Yeah. Um, what I would love you to take away at home right now is that, uh, you know, for us as a family, we, before we had children and, and our first child, we, we, we were parents at 24 um, and uh, let's just a little secret for just between us <laughs> is that potentially our first child um, came a little bit earlier than we were planning in our, you know, I big... Like to say an unexpected blessing. Our big family journey. In <laughs> fact, we were thinking of Europe first. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, we had taken the time to articulate these values to each other before we had children in our world. Um, that was really helpful for us because once we had articulated this to ourselves and made sure that we had tested these values with each other, um, and 
you need to test them with each other. <laughs> like to be kind is very difficult all the time. There are times I come home from work exhausted, emotionally fried, I've given all I've got, you're the same, and mm. it, it, those two ships crash into each other and here we are having, having a moment. So um, to have this articulated before children in your world is fantastic. I can acknowledge though that that's probably not gonna be the journey for everyone. Um, sometimes uh, you you would not have articulated these things to each to, to, to yourself, to your partner. Um, you might not even be with the partner that you, of your child right now. You might be with someone else in your world who has walked in and has now got a young person that's yours and kind of theirs and we're working that out. And I, you know, my, my childhood, um, I went through uh, different periods where I had my father in the house and then I had a stepdad in the house. And, and I, I can see that Different values are brought by different people, and so the values have to be owned together. Yes. But if you haven't said that yet, take the, take the time to from this conversation today to go and think about your values. If, you, if you're a single parent, what's your values? What do you want to see in your children? If you're with someone, if you've got a partner, you've got a husband, you've got a wife, whatever it is, go and talk through those values together because really that's a really good foundation to build a lot of the other parenting thoughts that we have here off. What are your values and working them together? I think you should just say our values one more time for people who don't know. <laughs> for you. Yeah, because I forgot. <laughs> no. um, our values are God, family, kindness, honesty and respect. Yeah, beautiful. Um, the second thought that we have here today, the second tip is that it's really important as a parent to be consistent. Consistent yeah. in your approach, consistent in what you do. But, yeah. mm. but not just consistent, almost predictable. Mm. So consistency and predictability uh, brings stability and it brings um, boundaries and safety for children. And I think that when you're consistent, it takes away the guessing work. There is so, uh, so much uh, things going on in the world. The world is busy and it's a chaotic place and we need to provide safety for our children and safety can be found in consistency. Yep. Kids need to know that when they come to you, they're going to get you know, the love consistently. They're going to get your uh, time consistently. And that's not always going to be the case. I can't always just stop what I'm doing and give my children my 100% attention all the time because, you know, we would never eat. But they... <laughs> You're laughing because I don't cook. That's <laughs> true. Jessie's the cook. Um, but, you know, but they, there's that consistency that I will always come back to them when I say that I'm going to do something, I will do it. And there's that safety in that and mm. that predictability. Yep. And it's also the same in your boundaries. Like um, Jesse and I often have very different thoughts about different things, mm. but we always are a united front and we're always consistent. And if I've done something or if I've laid down um, an expectation, then he will always back that up so that there is consistency. We might then, you know, when the kids go to bed, talk about it and yep. say, you know, we need to adapt that or change that or I'm not quite sure why you've done that or I don't agree with you. Um, but that's something we won't do in front of our kids because we mm. need to be consistent and predictable and predictability is that we are on the same team. Yeah. And, and again, I, I think we want this conversation to be honest. So mm -hmm. uh, that is a skill more so that I've had to learn uh, as we've been parents. And uh, you know, we were kind of adding a child to our world every two to three years. And so um, we, we've gotten better at this as, as we've gone along. But, uh, you know, I, I think to be consistent, you have to know who you are and know who, um, who your partner is or who you're parenting with. And so 
you've, you've got to know your strengths. You've got to know your weaknesses. You've got to know where I know where Vanessa is going to move in and be quite strong on. And, and she knows the areas that I'm going to do the same with our kids. And, but at the same time, our kids need to know those, those boundaries and those consistencies are going to happen with either one of us. But, uh, but this is a learnt skill. And there were, you know, our oldest, his name is Noah. And I'm certain he's probably seen more of the, uh, parenting disagreements in front of him than the others because let's we were learning how to be parents when we had our first child um we no one i know this is a cliche and we've heard it all before but you 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 have all the information given to you about what having a baby is going to be like what that birthing process is going to be like what what it looks like being a pregnant mama and and as as, as a husband how was how was i to support that process there's not always a lot of information given to you about, all right, cool, head on home, here's an infant, make it work. And so, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, our first, the journey for our first one, that was, that was a challenging, you know, first few weeks where we were at home trying to work this thing out and putting it all together. But um, really, it is a learned skill to be consistent with your kids. It is a learned skill to be consistent in your approach to your children. And it is a learned skill as well to know when, uh, like Vanessa said, like we might not agree about, I might not think the same thing about that, uh, that moment of parenting as Vanessa did, but I'm not going to point that out in front of our kids because that's to the detriment of them. That's to the detriment. They'll start playing off as, us off against each other yeah. and you'll start to see, well, mummy said this or daddy does this. And, and that's just a loser's game. You, you, that, that pushes you down a path where your parenting is not united. Your parenting is, it has disunity and God always blesses unity. And so, and when that's disunity, uh, that becomes not just a parenting challenge, but that then becomes a, a challenge between us in our relationship. And um, I think parenting's hard enough without creating more challenges. Yeah, especially like there's no sleep. And <laughs> I haven't little slept people in eleven years. You all the time. <laughs> but yeah. I think also, um, you know, it's important to use the values like that's how the values help us yep. with our consistency yep. you know kicking it's not kind mm. you know we're going to consistently say to our boys we don't kick when we're angry yep. like it just that's why having the values as your foundation is so helpful because it helps to guide that consistency and that predictability but i think it's also important to pick your battles yeah um you know there is so many things that happen every day that you could be pulling up or that you could be making learning experiences from at the end of the day, at the end of the day you have little people who are learning to live who are learning to you know be in the world who are learning from you picking your battles is really important mm. like and i know that can sound almost contradictory like here we are saying that you have to be consistent in your boundaries and you're consistent <laughs> in your approach but pick your battles sometimes let this slide or sometimes um, your, your children are not perfect. Yes. <laughs> they have, um, and you you explain this to me better than anyone. I, I think it's obviously through what you do in your workplace all the time, but your children have an emotional threshold as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, our, our you know little six-year-old uh, can sometimes come home from school really emotionally at his threshold and, and heightened. And uh, he loves kicking a ball. He loves kicking it around all the time. Uh, even inside the house, which we're okay with. We're, we're not no kick inside the house parents, but 
there Except is a l- for not near the Christmas decorations. <laughs> not near the Christmas. <laughs> not near my Christmas tree. And not near my TV. Yeah, I, I prefer <laughs> that. Um, and so there are times that we will pull that up with our six-year-old and say, "Hey, mate, not right now. Don't do that." Um, and there are times that he might start doing that and we know in that moment if we pick that up he's probably going to have an emotional meltdown and so we're going to try and redirect him away from that without making it a boundary moment Mm. our 11 year old and often our nine-year-old will pick up on that and say that's not fair you told us not to kick and now he's kicking and you haven't got him in trouble you know what sometimes boundaries aren't fair yeah yeah Yeah. I, i think that the the best thing I ever learned about fair, I saw this uh, image one day and it was these four kids uh, at a fence and the fence was too high and on the other side of the fence there was like a concert or something and they were each given the same size box but the four kids were different sizes mm. and so when they stood on the box, only one of them could actually see over the fence because the others were still too short. And then the image next to it had the same fence and the same kids but the boxes were different levels and, what you know, the first child had this box that was the same size as the first picture because he could actually see but everyone else's boxes had been adjusted (coughs) so that they could see over the fence and that gave me a really good image that fair isn't everybody getting the same thing fair is everybody getting the thing that they need and so when we talk about boundaries and consistency and predictability that's also a lot of our conversation you know right now that isn't fair that he gets to do that but that is a need that he needs and fair isn't everyone getting the same fair is everyone getting what they need and right now he needs this and you need this and having that conversation I think sometimes we feel that we can't be open and honest with our kids that they can't that they don't understand certain concepts or that they don't need to know certain things but kids do they they're so inquisitive they're learning their brains are developing they're growing they need to know Mm the why behind the what and when they get the why behind the what they actually can understand and it does become a growing and a learning moment and um, it can just really help situations it can diffuse you know outbursts it can help them next time to understand that there is a difference and there is need and I think that not being scared to have conversations, you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment or when time is constricted, we might just say, we're not doing this, we're not doing this, we're not doing this, or it's time to turn that off, or we've got to go, but actually taking the time to say, we're not doing this now because, or you need to turn that off because, or something like that. Like when we were asked to do this conversation, I thought, oh, I better just check with the children that, you know, we are good parents and that what we have to say is is worthwhile. So I said to our oldest, what's something good that we do as parents? And to my surprise, I don't know if you were there, but to my surprise he said the whole one hour of technology thing a day is what I think is the best thing you do. Now this is the same child who every day argues about why he can only have one hour of technology every day but in that moment when I asked him about it he said that that was the good thing that we did because he understands that it's to keep him healthy to keep his brain healthy and to make sure that he does other things and that's not something that he's just figured out that's something that we have talked about we've told him why we only have one hour of, of um 
screen time, screen so, time yeah. a day. We told him the benefits. We told him what else he could do in that time. We took the time to have that conversation, to set that boundary, to be predictable with it. It's the same every day, but also to give him a little bit of understanding. So it's not just a dictatorship. There is conversation. He can uh, contribute to that and he can give his point of view and we hear that and you know sometimes he says listen I've done this 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 and this today can I please have some more time and we're like sure mate that's totally fine yeah, that thanks for having that conversation that yeah. yeah that flexibility and some autonomy as well but also being predictable that this is something that we need to talk about this mm. is this is something that is our family um I don't know rule or whatever yeah. it looks different in other families yep just because we do it doesn't mean other families do it, but no. it's it's a conversation and, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, some of your questions, one of the questions that we did receive was around electronics and, and you know, kids and especially young kids. So we're, we're, I wanted to dive into that a little bit, but I think we'll save that in the end when we'll talk that through in the questions. But um, it's, it's really important, and, and this will dive well into the next part that we're going to talk about here, but... Oh, <sighs> It's really important, just like I said, to know each other's personalities as parents. It's really important to know the personalities of your children. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to help you be fair uh, and that's going to help you set the boundaries well and know what to push, what not to push, to take the time and to put all that together so that, uh, again, guys, we're not perfect. This doesn't always work well. We still have plenty of meltdowns, but it's amazing. Us and the children. <laughs> it's amazing the meltdowns or the, the challenging moments that you can pull out and settle down quickly if you just know the right buttons to push for the right kids. Um, I think the other thing to say here too is that uh, it doesn't matter if you've got one child or you've got six children. Uh, you know, yeah, logistically things change as a parent, mm-hmm. but still the, the principles are the same. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit more challenging if you've got more than one child to get the personalities to all work together every day, but um, being a, having just one kid as well has, has a whole bunch of its own, um, you know, beautiful little individual nuances to, to work through too. So please, however many kids you have, or like I said it before, even if you don't have kids and this is just information that you're taking on board, um, this is applicable, this will work, this will help you um, if you take the time just to put it together know your values set those foundations and then be consistent in your approach while also being fair um, and having some flexibility in that too Um, i think that brings us to to the next point that we wanted to talk through today yeah so our next point is fostering resilience and growth so especially as a mum, like I'm going to speak as a mum because mm-hmm. I am a mum, but feel free to jump in. But as a mum, there is such that uh, pull to continually protect your child and to, you know, stop any badness or any hurt or any pain and to make sure that they are just happy 100% of the time. And, you know, there are people who could be called cotton wool parents or helicopter parents or something like that and that doesn't come out of anything other than this love and Mm. this need to protect but as parents we also need to be making sure that we're giving our children opportunities to develop their resilience and to deal with disappointment because as adults we know that disappointment is around the corner all the time and we need to be making sure that our children are developing those coping skills, those self-regulation skills, those resilient skills and those skills that will help them be well-rounded adults um, as they grow up. Yeah. And and again, 
Uh, as parents, you've got to come and find that place together in this where your approach is consistent and based on your on your values. Because uh, again, well, I'm going to speak from our experience. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my my when I was a, a young person, so when I was in primary school, I was actually uh, I think struggled quite heavily around bullying. Like that was something that I um, uh, probably not so much in kindergarten to say year three, but from year four, five, and six, and even into early high school years. Um, uh, I had friends, which was lovely and, 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 you know, important, but I also had a, a large portion of, of, um, some of the people I went to school with who, uh, were, uh, you know, bullying is one of those challenging words that we probably, I didn't recognize so well when I was a young person, but I look at it now and go, yeah, that was, that was bullying behavior. It was both physical. It was emotionally traumatizing. Um, I say all that though, because. There are moments that our children will come home and say things that happen at school or things that have happened maybe in the soccer team or something. And um, I am not one to jump on the, we need to deal with that right now. That is terrible bullying behavior because I look back on my uh, time in school and I, I know that a lot of the resilience I have as an adult was actually foundationally built in some of those really challenging and trying seasons um, when I was at school. Now, I'm not saying that you also jump on and you know want to send off a, an email to the, the the teacher straight away that why is this happening and what are you doing about it. But um, I think it's important that you you recognise what your experience was because building resilience in your children is often about how much resilience you have as an adult uh, and and. This isn't a judgment session. This is not meant to make anyone feel bad. So please don't don't sit here and go. Are you saying that? If uh, well, I don't know you. You're on the other end of the screen. So, um, but in your own journey right now, if if I think there's some checks and balances that we need to put in. If if, if you're a parent right now, and the first, the moment your child comes home and shares with you something that was challenging or something that was hard, now there is a very big difference here between something challenging and hard and something clearly inappropriate yes. um, and dangerous or damaging to your child. Okay, so uh, let's put it for example: I was playing football and the kids were rough and were pushing me around a little bit. I was playing football and I was punched multiple times by another person. Um, I would, in the football conversation, say, football's rough, mate. That's what happens and you've got to be okay with football being rough or if you're not okay with that, we might not be playing football. I was punched in the head and that hurt. I think we should probably have a conversation with someone about why you were punched and what did that look like and, you know, sort that out. So let's just put that line there now. But resilience is something that you need to recognise in yourself. Often... I think people who jump in to defend children, their children really quickly um, are sometimes, uh, like you said, trying to protect their children from something they've experienced. Yeah. And and that's good and that's a lovely gesture and thought. And like I said, and here's is, the line. At times it is needed. Absolutely. Here's the line. So on this side, it's needed. Yeah. But when it's on this side, um, and there's been moments, hey, where sometimes things happen at, at school and we've had a conversation and, and you're almost to me or I sometimes maybe even done it back with you is that I think we should actually sit on this one tonight. Before we send an email to a teacher, yeah. before we, um, you know, think to call that parent that we, if we if we have the phone number or something, let's sit on this one tonight. Let's have another conversation with our child tomorrow. Yeah. See how they're feeling about this. Um, a good night's sleep can do a lot of good. And, um, yeah. and resource them. Like, ooh. ooh. Um, <laughs> you resource them. Sorry, resource break your thought. Them. Like. You know, we're not expecting children to know how to solve the problems. Yep. They're children. They yep. don't know. Yep. But 
solving it for them doesn't help next time they face that problem. Yeah. But resourcing them and giving them tools, giving them tips, giving them guidance on what to do, not doing it for them but helping them, like supporting them, guiding them, doing the journey with them mm. rather than doing it for them I think is the biggest the biggest thing that can really help them grow. You know, when, um, when they fall over, we pick them up and we hug them, which is amazing and it's what we should do, like we... <laughs> we do that but the next time they fall over we might say hey let's have a look around what did you trip on yep. what can we move yep. can we can we change something to help that not happen again or if it does happen again the band-aids are over here how about you get a band-aid or how about you ask your brother to help you so we're not taking away that care and that comfort but we're resourcing and we're equipping them to deal with a small problem that's appropriate for a child yep. so that they can take that that um, same model, I guess, to the next problem. Hey, I've got this problem uh, with school. What could I what could I change? What could I move? Who do I need to talk to? And that, that can help as you get older when you have adult problems. Yeah, it's exactly. the same thing. What can I move? What yep. can I change? Who can I talk to? Yep. And so that, that constant wanting to help and wanting to protect amazing like that's what we are as parents but also we need to not just protect and help but we need to resource and we need to tool uh, give tools and yep. equip our, our kids so that they are you know building that resilience in a world where things are instant you know you want a hamburger you get one instantly from mcdonald's you want you want to watch tv without commercials you put on netflix like in a world where things are instant we need to be helping our kids develop um, skills for waiting, for yep. patience, for having to search for things, for having to create things yep. um, because not everything, although we are getting close to everything being instant, not everything is instant and especially emotions. Emotions aren't instant. Emotions are things you need to work through. Emotions are things that you have to have an understanding of and um, I think that's a really important thing for yep. us as parents to do, to be equipping our, our kids uh, to be resilient and to yeah. grow in that area. Well, it's more important now than ever, honestly. Mm. With, with uh, you know, as Pastor John Mark Comer says, with infinity in your hand mm. and young people have infinity in their hand more so than ever before, and by that I mean any resource they need, they can get it at the drop of a hat. We need to teach them that resilience. I think those... Um, I, uh, two practical examples of that this week, okay? So um, with our nine-year-old Caleb, he was uh, playing soccer this week in um, a, a, a soccer fives competition. Um, and as frustrating as this was, uh, we are in a competition where I don't think they got enough teams. And so yeah. the under nines are starting to play some games against some under 11s. Um, that was quite the emotional journey this week as our under nine year old team with no subs this week, so that by, by that meant no substitutions, the kids on the field were on the on the field the whole game, um, were well and truly flogged <laughs> by a bunch of ruthless under elevens. Uh, and I'm talking ruthless. They they were happy to put as many goals on as possible. I think in the end it was something like twenty to two or so. They they gave them two goals. Maybe they weren't that ruthless, but um it was interesting at the end of the game uh, to see some parents who the injustice of under nines playing under 11s uh, to share that injustice with their kids and to watch the children almost melt down more 
because yeah, that's right. It's not fair. And, and, and I was watching that and, and I was, I had a conversation with a couple of parents while the children were on the field and couldn't hear and said, I don't know how fair this is. This seems like a bit frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. But once my Caleb came off the field, it was about encouragement that he had played the whole game. He didn't quit once. Yeah. He worked hard for his team and he gave his whole. He gave his, his whole, you know, his, his whole, whole his whole all to that game. And mm-hmm. I didn't talk to him about it being unfair. I tried to move him away from the conversations that were happening about it being unfair. And I got one of his other little teammates to come over and just encourage them together. And in that moment, those two kids had a, had a, I think, more resilience building than being told, mate, that sucks that you lost 20 to 2 and it's unfair. And it, I would rather him know there's going to be games that you play. And by games, I'm also talking about life. There's going to be things that you do in life that aren't fair and the, the odds are stacked against you and sometimes you get your butt kicked. And you've got to get up. You've got to get up and you've got to work through getting your butt kicked. Yeah. Um, or sometimes you'll go into those situations and the odds are stacked against you. And because you've got up every time you've got your butt kicked, that day you have a victory against the odds. And that's a good day, you know. Mm. Um, even this morning with uh, Noah, our eldest. So we went surfing on the weekend. We haven't surfed for since last summer. Um, and uh, he hadn't good, been... A good six months. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't been back on the board. And so we went out to a, a local surf break uh, on the weekend that um, very easy, a bit of a kiddie's corner. And uh, and he got out there and got all his confidence back, ready to go, rearing. So here we are midweek and he, he says to me, Dad, can we go surfing? And I'm like, yep, we can go surfing, but today's a different day and we can't, I don't have time to Probably go to... back by 7.30. Yep, can't go to the kiddie's <laughs> corner. So we got up, we did a quarter past five. We got up. Jumped in the car, got down to the beach. Now, we got there and the conditions weren't ideal. It was a little bit bigger than what he was probably comfortable with. It was a lot choppier. By that in the water, I mean there was a lot of water moving around. It was a bit scarier. Uh, And we paddled out. And he paddled himself out with Dad next to him, but he got himself right out the back. But once he got out the back, it was meltdown time. It was, I haven't talked to you about this yet. It was meltdown time, um, tears, and I can't do this, and I'm scared, and and so we just sat out there for 15 minutes. Uh, honesty moment. Two years ago, I would have been like, "Come on, mate, suck it up. Dad's right next to you. You're going to be fine. What are you wussing for? What are you sucking for? Something like that, you know." On this day, I thought, "No, I'm not. I can't. I'm not going to do that again. This isn't about. This is about him potentially not overcoming all the fears and surfing." This is about him being recognised for what he's done. He's yeah. paddled out. The being, progress he's he, made. Yeah, and that, that's what I did. I spent yeah. 15 minutes out the back just saying, good on your chip. We paddled in, I pushed him on a wave when he got in, and then we got in there and he, again, meltdown station on the beach, was, was quite emotional and was like, I've let you down, Dad. And I said, no, you haven't. I want. And this was one of those moments where I, I did take the time to say, it's okay to cry. I want you to recognise you've overcome a fear. You got out there, you worked hard, you did something different, well done. It wasn't perfect. You didn't get what, you, you probably haven't overcome everything that you wanted to overcome, but you've done a really good job and I want to encourage you that we're going to come back and we're going to do this again and it doesn't matter if this is how you feel again, we'll just keep on going until you get more comfortable. And I think that was a good moment for both of us, for me as a parent, yeah. to overcome my frustration of, I got up at five o'clock, mate, to come and sit in the ocean for 20 minutes and <laughs> bob around. And, uh, but let's work together. Yeah, know. and I think it's really key that the journey and the progress is often what we need to focus on rather than the end result. Because the end result, you know, it might not be what we 
wanted or what we were hoping for or it may, it may well be what we're hoping for but how we got it is often more praiseworthy yeah. than the actual end result like yay got away woo but yeah. what I love is that he was pumped to go out yep. like at five o'clock it's definitely your son not mine <laughs> <laughs> no it's definitely both of ours but um you know that <laughs> that whole that whole he gave it a go because yeah. two days ago he wouldn't have given it a go yeah. and said so that is way more exciting than what he told me he got one wave yeah yeah so i think and, yeah and i like I, I did tell that story as well because it's going to lead into our next point here is that um uh, I, two years ago i did have moments with him trying to teach him to surf uh and he was uh, and and I'll share this. So we're talking about one foot surf, like little waves like this. And he is freaking out, melting down. Dad, I can't do it. Um, that for me is a, sometimes it's a bit of a, I know you, I don't love this word. You don't love this word, but a bit of a triggering moment to why don't you trust me, son? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I've got you. And, and in that moment of fear, he's not thinking about, does he trust his dad or not? Fear <laughs> overcome. It takes him. Um, so there's been moments before where I've pushed too hard and been too firm and it's just pushed us back and gone, we've gone backwards. Um, the next point here is that parents aren't perfect. I'm not perfect and I've done that and our oldest will be the guinea pig for some of our other children. Uh, I've done that and I'm, I'm so glad that two years, Jesse, two years ago Jesse has learnt because here's my son giving it a go again stepping back out he wants to do it and I think he wants to do it to engage with me and make me proud but also there's a fun element but to be honest I think this is one of those things that he's doing more for me than he's doing for himself Um, there's other things he does for him but this is definitely one of those ones that he's doing to engage with me Um, which is a cool thing to see your child do that but uh, but to you me would it would it stuff that and here we are I've learned I'm learning learnt and I've tried to do that better today mm. and so you'll, you're going to learn parents aren't perfect we yeah. will make mistakes totally and allowing yourself to like let yourself off the hook you're not perfect there yeah. are times that you can put all your energy in trying to be a gentle parent and then your child will drop the whole box of cornflakes on the floor and you yell not, not the small box <laughs> no no the, the one big, kilo the box one <laughs> and you know what that's okay because you did, you know, six hours of gentle parenting and only one, one, <laughs> one yelling about cornflakes. And then the next time that he drops the cornflakes, you'll be like, no, oh, I just vacuum them up the anyway. The next time he drops the cornflakes on the same on day. The same day. That's right. <laughs> our, our son, our children eat cereal. All right, that's a snack. They eat a lot. We have four boys. Yes. It's got to the point where it's like cereal is the the afternoon tea. If you want an extra snack, you have another bowl of cereal. Not not Cocoa Pops, though. No, no, We're talking cornflakes or weepings. Well, no sugar. (laughs) (laughs) We have sugar in our house. It's like a circus. (sighs) But I think that so often, especially with social media, we see things on Instagram. We see, you know, these beautiful houses that are always clean or these amazing uh, play setups or things like that and you know social media is one snapshot into a day and it is okay to not be Mm. perfect it is not okay to uh 
um, not continuously learn and grow and try to improve yourself. I think that we need to recognize where we're at and do things to always be growing. Like we are humans. Humans are always learning. We never make it. You never get to the point where you like know everything, good at everything, perfect at everything. We are always learning. We should always be learning, listening to podcasts, reading books, talking to other people. um, Watching a parenting conversation. Watching a parenting conversation. But being okay with the fact that you're going to make mistakes or you're going to probably react in a way that you're not proud of sometimes, that's okay because that's your opportunity to learn and grow and go, what, why, why? And like Jesse said, what was the trigger? Why did I react that way? What, uh, What in me made me react that way? Because remember, children are children. They are little. They are small. They very rarely purposely try and do things to upset you. They very rarely spill cornflakes on purpose or um, kick the ball so it hits the Christmas tree because they know it's going to upset you. They do things because they are learning. They're learning to control impulses. They're learning um, how their body moves. They're learning reactions. What happens when I do this or when I do that? We're the adults. We are the ones who need to go, why did I react that way? And then learn from that. I remember we had... (laughs) We had this laptop and yeah. um, I got a new laptop for work so I gave <laughs> the laptop to the children to use and unlike... Must be nice. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no. No. Um, unlike the third day or something that they had this laptop, our six-year-old had a drink of water next to the laptop and he turned very quickly and, you know, his arms are often moving. He knocked this cup of water onto the laptop. Now, in that moment, I had about a split second to decide what I was going to do. Everything in me, literally everything in me, wanted to explode and be like, ah, what have you done? But I looked at his face and I knew straight away, number one, he did not do it on purpose. Yep. And number two, he was just as mortified about it as I was. And so I stopped. I took a deep breath. Like deep breaths are your best friend. I'm telling you, if you stop and take a deep breath, it gives you a chance to think through what you're going to do. And I said to him, I know you didn't do that on purpose. Go and get me the rice. And that was all I said. And he went and he got the rice and we did what we needed to do. And I taught him the rice trick, which is a very important life skill to know. And we filled a tub with rice and we put the laptop in and as we were doing that I wasn't talking because I was not in a place where I could say anything (laughs) that wasn't going to be constructive um so he sat there and as we were putting the rice he said to me mum I'm really sorry I didn't do it on purpose I said mate that's okay what have you learned he said not to have water near the laptop I was like great that's it. We're done. We don't need to talk about this again. He was sorry. He knew what he'd done. Yep. Um, he wasn't going to do it again. And that was a moment that could have gone on for a really long time. You yep. know, I could have reacted in a way which would have set him off, which would have then set everyone else off, and it could have been a horrible afternoon. Yeah, sure, the laptop got water on it, which is, a you know, not a great situation. The rice did work, by the way. But for a while. <laughs> for a while. It was an old laptop. But um, that... Was more impo- it was more important for me to maintain that relationship and to show him that I knew it wasn't his fault 
than for me to be concerned about the laptop. He was more important than that laptop in that time. Um, You said something before, and I think um, if we're going to have an honesty moment right now as parents um, to look at this, is that you said children don't do things just to be naughty. Or, you know, just I said rarely. Sorry, rarely. rarely. Now, sometimes they do. Like so, sometimes when they eight, do. When our three-year-old said to me, he was cross that I didn't let him. <laughs> did I tell you this story? He was cross that I didn't let him play the phone. So he took his shoe off and he said, my shoe has sand from preschool. I'm going to tip it on your floor. And I said, don't you dare. And he tipped it. Yeah. He tipped it. Now, that wasn't on purpose. Um I'm probably saying less you're <laughs> under fives, um, but let's acknowledge there are sometimes. And we, listen, we we've been youth and children's pastors in our church, and we did that for a number of years. And we encountered lots of children from lots of different backgrounds, mm-hmm. from lots of different experiences. Um, and sometimes children are being uh, parented by different people at different stages of their life, and and that can present with challenges that children sometimes do have some really challenging behaviours that yes. they are exhibiting. Um, whether or not that's with a diagnosis that comes with it, that mm-hmm. is going to, we're not even going to tackle that today. That's a whole different conversation of supporting your child in that process. But um, sometimes there are children that are exhibiting really challenging behaviours because of a home environment, because of uh, lots of change, because of a multitude of factors. We need to acknowledge sometimes those behaviours are often learned. Yes. And, and behaviours if uh, you actually look at a behaviour, there is more often than not a need that is associated with that behaviour. So a need for connection or a need for security or a need for a voice to be heard. Um, And, yeah, learnt behaviours can help that child get what they need in a a way that they've learnt rather than in a way that um, is... Mm a healthy, effective way. And I think this comes back to some of the things we've said previously. You've got to know your child. Mm -hmm. So if your child is displaying a behaviour that is intentionally challenging or you think it has some attention to it or it's repetitive, but your response to that behaviour is also repetitive and it's the same consequence or the same escalation to anger or raising your voice or um, there's, there's moments I raise my voice, okay? It happens to... but. Uh, if, a, if a child learns that, if, if, a, if one of my boys learns that the only way they're going to re- get a response out of me and children want a response uh, and that they want it whether or not that response is constructive for them because they don't recognise what's constructive and what's not. And so they want love, they want affection, they want value, but if all you're going to give them is anger and challenge, they'll, they'll sometimes look for that too. Yeah, and there's s- a saying, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, I know I'm interrupting, but there's a saying that children aren't seeking attention, they're seeking connection. Yeah, yeah. So... Again, this is probably one of those topics that's too big to try and tackle in this you know, hour or so together that we've got here. But uh, honesty moment, if this is one of those things that you're facing, one of those challenges that's coming your way, uh, there's some things here today that will be practical for you that we want you to go away, have a look, see if there's even just some small triggers that you can identify in yourself and try and put in some tension or some roadblocks between those triggers and the and the behaviour that you exhibit at that point that then works into your child. See if there's some things that you can work on in that space, but also look for help. We're going to talk about this in our next point, um, but uh, you, you need a community. 
You need, you, need, you need someone to help and support that. And so if you're watching this and you're part of our Impact family, there is support. There is someone out there for you to talk to and to be, be there. If you're not in our Impact family but you want support, please reach out. Mm-hmm. Please connect with us. Uh, jump on, message, email, whatever it is on our socials, but reach out and ask for help. Mm-hmm. And we will do our best to connect you with someone appropriate in your area, your region, or even if we can connect you to church somehow and, and give you that support. Mm-hmm. Judgment-free support 100%. without obligation. Mm-hmm. We're not looking for you to have to join up and sign to the Christian Impact family mm-hmm. so you can get support. That's not what we're about as a community. Mm-hmm. We're about loving, value, and accepting you where you are, for who you are, yeah. and, and just being a part of that journey with you together. Yeah. And as a parent, it's so um, important to... Uh, Take care of yourself. Mm. When you take care of yourself, then you can effectively take care of other people. Which brings us to our last point here is that sometimes parenting can be a lonely and scary and challenging place. And it's important that you find, and I love your little saying for this, it's important you find your village. Yeah. I think that when you are a parent, you can often be in a fog. And I know that as a mum of four boys and having babies two years apart for uh, multiple years I felt like I was in a fog for a really long time and it was really important to have people that number one understood why I didn't text back straight away sometimes days later if at all um, without them (laughs) without them judging um, because they knew where I was at as a as a parent Um, it was also important to have people to bounce things off to get input into to get advice to say hey this is happening has this happened to you Um, and then the other element is it's really important for your kids to have other adults that they feel safe with because sometimes especially when they're teenagers they might not want to tell you something um, but they if they have people in their life who they are comfortable and feel safe with then they have someone that they can uh, turn to or talk to Um, if they need to so having that community of people around you is such a supportive thing and can help you when you feel like you are in that fog yeah absolutely uh those tips those pointers what we've talked about today um uh listen i think we should just recap them quickly first of all number one have your values Um, know what those values are. Let's have a discussion. Let's talk that out. Also, seek some advice on those values. If you're not quite sure what you think they should be, um, I think you'll have a general inkling, but talk to the people in your world. Talk to those that you value, admire. There's parents that when we were starting this parenting journey, there was other parents that we thought we, uh, you know, we like what they're about and, and we sought them out and Asked had those questions. conversations and asked, you know, asked the questions and asked the real questions. You know, don't don't ask the, uh, you know, uh, oh, I'm no. not going to even go into it, but <laughs> you know, ask the real questions. So have values. Secondly, let's be consistent in those values. Be consistent in your approach while also understanding your children, understanding each other and working towards flexibility but fairness. Um foster resilience in your kids resilience 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 i think we probably spent more time talking about resilience than any of the other points but um our world will need more than ever young men and women who have resilience who have grown up uh, and, and these foundational years that we're talking about today these foundational years often inform large portions of your teenage years and then being a young adult but um foster that resilience in your kid Fourthly, you're not perfect, don't have to be perfect, that's okay. Learn from your mistakes, work on it, grow together, grow yourself uh, and take the pressure off. Yes. And lastly, 
it's okay for you to not be okay, for this to be hard, for you to have those moments, but try and find a village, get those people around you to support you because um, your kids are only small for a little while. Yeah. You know, I, I know our oldest is only 11 and almost 12, but holy moly, it's gone like that. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Which is such a cliche, but it's so true. <laughs> it is, you know, it starts high school real soon and it's, it's crazy how quickly it goes um, and, and I'm really proud of the young man and he's becoming. And so, but I know that that's, that's come with intention, that's come with effort. And so, uh, you know, have a village around you, ask for help if you need it. Um, but finally here, we've got some questions. So we put this out to you, like I said, a little while ago, out into the world of socials and said, hey, what would you like to, uh, I don't even know if you guys knew it was us that you were, we were going to be answering these questions, Surprise. but you, you came out to Impact and said, hey, uh, listen, these are some of the questions. And so we popped some of them down. Uh, we might lightning round them, quickly yeah, and we've talked them through we've some, talked but through um, I think we will touch on them all again just yeah. to, you know, we've, we've, we've got some time to do that. Um, I, I, I know not heaps of time, but we'll, we'll work through that right now. So um, these questions... First one. Um, uh, yeah, I think we'll actually start with number two is the first one. Are you all right okay. with that? When yeah. do you need to get help? Or when? Oh, these, this is probably me speed <laughs> writing it down. So it um, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, if it's not exactly how you ask the question, if you think this is your question on socials right now, um, that's okay. Some of these are blended in together, some questions to try and find the theme together. So um, when do you, and, and I think this is a really good one for you to answer, when do you need to, get help for your child if you're not sure where um what to do next yeah like in behavior if you're suspicious. Yeah, listen i think okay, okay yeah yeah i think that you need to get help when you first think you need help i think there is no point uh trying to do it on your own because that um makes you tired it makes you not think clearly and also there is a whole resource around you of people, of information that can give you some clarity. Yep. So I think um, if you're thinking it's a medical thing, first thing is to see a doctor. If your child is at school, connect with your school teacher um, and see if they're seeing anything. If you have a part of the church, talk to your pastors. Um, but if you feel, I think my child needs help, then that's where, that's when you that's when you get help. If you feel like they need help, you get help. And where do you start? You start with uh, a person in the area you think they need help with. So medical, doctor, educational, teacher, behavior. Again, a psychologist could be helpful or even just talking to parents um, of similar age kids to get an understanding of what, what they do and things like that. But uh, parent instinct is a real thing. And if you feel like your child needs help, then yeah. go for it. Now, uh nurse hat on for a second here i don't know which region of australia most likely australia that you are joining us from if you're international um i'm not sure if this resource discussion that i'm going to have with you now will be applicable to you but in australia um often people don't even know where to go get started when it comes to potentially seeking some medical help and and you said it you know it Medical help doesn't isn't just about the things like physical challenges. Sometimes your child's displaying some challenging behaviours that you think you might need that psychologist assistance with, or you know that that will often start at a local GP level. Um, there's a GP challenge right across Australia, and and you might not have a local GP. Yeah, you, you might only have a local medical centre, and you're not quite sure of how effective that space is. Um, I would encourage you that there is always a local health district and they will always have a family outreach centre, uh, even in some of the more remote areas of Australia. Start there 
uh, and, and they'll be able to point you in the right direction. Um, second question here was, uh, school choice for, uh, uh, we're focusing on primary school kids here, um, secular or Christian school? Mm. I think that is a very personal yeah. personal choice and it is very much up to uh, you as a family. Again, it, so many things go into a school choice, location, finances, uh, subject choices, availability, um, what you value the most, uh, and I think it's personal. I think either or. We have great yep. education system, um, and it needs to be what's best fit for your child. Yep. Uh, and here we are, you know, uh, products of two different schooling pa- pathways, and and we, you know, both have uh, turned into hopefully well functioning uh, <laughs> adults. Adults. Um, <laughs> Next one. Uh, next question here is um, how do and I think this was one that came through multiple times. So um, how do I manage screen time? Uh, and when we say screen time, we're not just talking about your kid jumping on the phone and watching the YouTubes. Um, we we kind of include all screens. So uh, honesty time in our house, we have a television, we have a Nintendo Switch. We have multiple, multiple phones. iPhones, um, some of them like iPhone sixes from <laughs> a long, long time ago, but they barely turn on and you yeah, can, they, work. Yeah, they can work. <laughs> so um, we have probably uh, had different iterations of this over numerous years, um, but we've kind of landed. And I'm going to tell you where we landed because we don't have enough time to go through it all. We've landed at the hour a day of screens. Like we and said before. on Sunday. And we don't, yeah, we don't do screens on a Sunday. Often we don't do screens on a Saturday or a Sunday, mm-hmm. except for potentially TV. And when I say TV, I mean like Saturday, we'll, like watched this Saturday, we watched a movie together as a family. Mm-hmm. We all went to the beach, we did surfing, mm-hmm. we came home, grabbed some burgers, and we watched a movie. Mm-hmm. Beautiful family time, everyone had a good time. This, that's the flexibility that I want to talk about. It's okay to be flexible with that. It's an hour of screen time. You've got an hour into the movie. Get to bed, kids. Um, it, that doesn't always work that way. But when your kids are at school and they need a certain amount of sleep and we need to help protect them, it's good to put some boundaries on your screen time. The other thing here is is that uh, we're not going to go into blue light and all that today, but phones are different. They do allow kids to, you know, work through different options, change a lot, uh, you know, watch two minutes of something, watch two minutes of something, watch two minutes of something. It's, it's not necessarily a journey like if you're watching a movie together. So just be a little bit more careful, I think, when your kids are on a device. Yes. Um, I think, again, it comes down to family preference and what's yeah. going to be beneficial. Like we know one of our children does not do well emotionally yeah. um, or medic- uh, mentally if he has a lot of screen time. So that's also a conversation we've had as a family. We explain why we have this amount of screen time, what else they could do, uh, why we have the boundary, the health benefits and things like that. And the kids, although they don't always like it, they respect it because there's understanding yeah. behind it. Listen, I think that is enough for today. Um, there's plenty more questions here, but maybe you'll have to have that in a parenting conversation part two, which we won't know if you want it or not if you don't leave a comment or you don't let us know on our socials or you don't jump on and follow. So no pressure there, but if you like uh, this conversation today, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but more importantly than that, if you heard this conversation today and you think, actually, I need some help. I'd love to know something in my region. You you might be watching from many of our impact campuses or you know someone from need impact. To build or, my village. Um, you need to build the village. 
please reach out, okay? Uh, we're Jesse and Vanessa and we're at Erina and we'll, we'll, we'll show some love and we'll have a conversation with anyone, but please reach out to anyone in your impact family. Um, reach out to anyone uh, that you, you know, I'm sure there's gonna be some information that will be available to you from this, um, from this session that we've had today. Um, yeah, I just think yeah. at the end of the day, remember that you have amazing little people in your life and that you are there to love them, to care for them, to guide them, and they want you as you are. Yeah. You don't have to be a perfect parent. You just have to give them the time and the love and that's the best that anyone yeah. can do. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I've got nothing to add to that. That was a beautiful way to wrap up. We love you. There's nothing you can do about it and we hope to see you real soon. See you later. Thanks for listening to our Impact Online podcast. We release a new episode every week and you can access all our podcasts, videos via our website. Visit impactchurch.me for lots of extra resource. We'll see you next time at Impact Online.